Hello and welcome to Buildings of Tomorrow. My name is John Lester and in today's episode, we are talking about investing in smart buildings for the future. I'm joined today by Biet Vansa. He's the head of Siemens Smart Infrastructure Service and Solutions Portfolio Group. Biet, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, John, for inviting me. It's an absolute pleasure. So thank you for the time. Today, we're talking about investing in smart buildings. And first, we want to talk about what do we mean when we talk about smart buildings, when we talk specifically about what they offer, how would you summarize what we mean when we say smart buildings? Yeah. So uh, smart buildings really are characterized by being able to address different stakeholders within the building, right? Mm -hmm. So normally you would have uh, tenants, you can have operator, you can have facility manager, and you can also have the users of the buildings. And all those stakeholders have very different requirements vis-a-vis -a, -vis a building. Now, what COVID has shown us also is that the building needs to be able to have a high level of adaptability and flexibility because requirements change coming from the outside world. And then last but not least is it requires to have technology that needs to continuously adapt to the individual's requirements of the stakeholders and that inside the building, but also outside the building, and most important also over the whole life cycle of a building. Since we don't know whether COVID is going to go away, the buildings also need to be proven to be able to adapt to future requirements coming from the outside world. Perfect. So you're talking about that COVID has proven to us that things can change and things need to be changed within the operation and the functionality of the building. And if we can achieve that today, it means, you know, in a month's time, a year's time, 10 years time, we have a building that can continue to deliver those benefits. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think there is, uh, there is never a better moment in order to invest in smart buildings than it's actually today. Yeah, perfect. If I was a customer, if I was a building owner and I went through the process of investing and creating a smart building, you know, whether it was a greenfield site, a new building, or it was an existing building that I bring some of that technology that you talk about in to deliver this smart building benefits. From a building owner perspective, what are some of the benefits? What are those additional reasons that I would go ahead and invest in a smart building with that kind of functionality? So what you're looking at uh, really is three different requirements. The first one is OPEX reduction. Uh, you want to make sure that your uh, OPEX of maintaining a building are uh, continuously optimized. The second one is that you have operational excellence in a building and through that also remote connectivity of a building. And the third one is what makes a building smart is really it's got to be people centric. So the tenants want to be able to interact with the building and its infrastructure. Perfect. I would love to jump into each of those in a little bit of detail, if that's okay with you. I think the first one you mentioned was OPEX reduction. How can a smart building help deliver that benefit to an operator? Yeah, so traditional buildings were very much focused on energy efficiency. And why is that so? Because 80% of the cost of a building are actually incurring after the building has been constructed. So that means that a lot of requirement and focus on optimizing the building and the energy efficiency, improve the energy efficiency during the, the life cycle of the building. And uh, that requires a lot of information, which helps them also continuously optimize the operational of uh, the operational excellence of a building and uh, therefore then also adapt to the future needs of the tenants. So that requires also predictive maintenance, uh, specifically during COVID times. You want to make sure that the building is actually uh, sound and safe, even 
by investing or through investment into predictive maintenance. Yeah, perfect. And and I can imagine in times like COVID, not only that predictive maintenance, but the ability for for people going through the process of delivering and from a remote location would deliver a huge amount of, of benefit from that perspective as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what we've seen during COVID times is that uh, buildings still need to be maintained. Huh? But on the other side, uh, you're potentially not able to enter the building in a safe way. So what is the opportunity is remote, remote connectivity that allows you to maintain and operate the building 724 remotely, right? That's uh, one of the benefits. And the second one is also that this is specifically the time when you, you might have a lower loads on the building that you can do refurbishment work and also upgrades then during the times when the building is not used as much as it, uh, it was if it's it's fully loaded yeah mm-hmm. and uh, last but not least also if you look at the different requirements of a building that you do have be that the production building where you have less flexibility versus a novice building where you have more flexibility of bringing in more or less people that is also something that you can steer through uh, remote connectivity yeah and, and it, i can imagine it would have a huge impact because like you described at the start what we're recognizing in times like COVID is that almost on a daily basis, not just the functionality, but the usage of the buildings is changing. You can't be at a building every day. You can't can't be physically on site and investing the time to make those changes, to test, to verify on the regular basis that we're seeing at the moment. So that remote connectivity brings a huge amount of power to deliver that requirement and make sure people are safe and also recognize those OPEX reductions that you talked mm-hmm. about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And the last one you mentioned was a big one and, and an important one, one of the key differentiators between what we would refer to as a smart building and maybe a traditional building of the past is around people centricity. Give us some examples here. Yeah, people centricity really means that as a building owner, you're in the position to interact with the building. right? So making sure that the building adapts to your personal requirements and not vice versa and shown that smart buildings actually increase the productivity of the users of a building. Why is that though? Because the users feel a lot more comfortable in the building and through that higher level of comfort that increases the productivity. Now, how does a building generate an increase in productivity? Because the building makes sure that for the specific needs of the building user, it has the, it caters to the specific needs of the user in terms of humidity, but also air quality, in terms of desk booking, and last but not least, and also in terms of lighting control. And what we have at Siemens is we have deployed in more than 300 locations worldwide the C-Connect, which is our comfy application from building robotics. And that has proven to be a huge success and driving productivity then within the users of a building. That's a really good point that you mentioned, because I know that Siemens is committed to rolling this out across a lot of their sites globally. What are some of the key benefits that you see that are kind of delivering that productivity for the, the employees within those buildings? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, we are able to bring back employees safe uh, to the workplace. Mm-hmm. But it means only the capacity in a building that is actually required and considered to be safe. So that gives a good feeling for the employees, first of all. The second one is there is significant functionality also built into in terms of room booking, in terms of booking your desk, in terms of opening and accessing the, the building in there, specifically for the user and depending on the user rights that you have. So that increases productivity, but specifically also the, the level of comfort that the user has in the building. Yeah, and I really like that example because 
you know, the, the comfort, the room booking, the functionality of a day, this is something that we know about. But delivering safety and that feeling of safety is something that maybe a year ago we didn't think as a core function of a technology like this. So it demonstrates how flexible uh, this technology can be when you have it in a building and you have it deployed and ready to go so you can absorb those interesting use cases when they arise. Correct. And I mean, COVID has also shown us that we might require less space in the future, but that space needs to be a lot uh, more intelligence, right? And that also is an opportunity for upgrading, continuously upgrading existing buildings and uh, turning them into smart buildings. Yeah, and, and I like that one as well, because you know, we talked about the, the benefits for the occupant uh, and how it can improve their day, but those benefits are also backed up by information for the operator or the real estate company or those managing the space. You can make some of the decisions that you just described with information rather than, uh, you know, a, a customer survey or an employee survey or something like this. Bayat, thank you so much. I very much enjoyed the conversation. So thank you for joining us. So did I. And thank you to everyone out there who is listening or watching us here on Buildings of Tomorrow. Please feel free to like, comment or share this episode. Subscribe on the channel that you're viewing or listening to us and uh, look out for new episodes coming soon. We'll see you shortly. Bye.